Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. What's up, Rush Nation? It's Friday, it's after six, and this is Fast Actual Friday. I'm Pitsy, and as ever, I am joined by two heroes. Rob and Louisa here. Rob, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good. Came back from uh, one of my last ever climbing development days with my team at my, uh, my, my work at the moment. We've been doing some climbing, we've been talking some football. There's a Detroit Lions fan uh, within the group as well, so we oh, had nice. a bit of a chat about that. Um, hopefully he's watching tonight, so uh, good evening. Good evening indeed. And Lewis, how's things, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I, I don't actually personally know, or even know of really, a Detroit Lions fan. So yeah, that, that would be a first for me. But yeah, all good. Been doing a little bit of Christmas shopping today, and uh, glad to be on here now. Shall we kick off, as always, with Thursday Night Throwback? So it was another divisional game on a Thursday night and the Falcons took on the Panthers. What happened with the quarterbacks? Well, first of all, we know it was a win for the Panthers. So my uh, my theories on the Panthers totally tanking have taken a bit of a nosedive. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with the coming weeks. But yeah, great win for us. PJ Walker... Um, Came back into the starting lineup after, let's say, a bit of an underperformance last week. Um, he only attempted 16 passes in this game and completed 10. Um, reports of this game um, were of terrible weather, a bit of an effect of, of the hurricane uh, that was that hitting, that hitting the East Coast, uh, and it really showed. Only um, 14 yards on the ground and 122 total yards as well. So, if you were if you were looking for like under two hundred yards in in this game, you were you were you were bob on for PJ Walker. Marcus Mariota actually threw 
more, more than a lot of people expected. 16 uh, of 30 attempts were completed, which is which is great for him. Um, he got three carries for 43 yards, 186 passing yards, which you know is, is unheard of for for, for uh, Two touchdowns and one interception from uh, from the Panthers' defense, and he ended up with uh, 18.74 fancy points. So overall, great game for Mar- Mariota, but the, the result went to the Panthers. The most passes he's attempted since week one as well, which was against New Orleans. He had 33. Like, crazy. They completely flipped the script yesterday. I think they um, tried to run the ball about 25 times or something like that, which usually is the other way around, isn't it? But like you said, the bad weather certainly impacted the game. And the man from Carolina, Deonta Foreman, he bounced back and Ran the show, pardon the pun, but 31 carries for 130 yards and a rushing touchdown. 19 points in your PPR leagues he scored. LaVisca Chenault, so he had that big touchdown as well, um, 41 yards. I believe it was given as a rushing touchdown, not a passing one. Um, But he did catch three passes as well, 14.9 points in PPR. Carolina, they carried the ball 48 times last night. That's astounding. Um, it was a quiet night for all the Atlanta running backs, really, including Corderell Patterson, who come back off IR last week with a good week. Um, Marriott spread it around to everyone in the passing game, but the biggest beneficiary was Drake London. Five catches for 38 yards and a score, 14.8 PPR points for him. Yes, uh, we'll just add... Um... Funnily enough, our comment section just says Facebook user, but I'm thinking it might be Stormo saying uh, Patterson did me a dirty last night on his fancy team. I think he got like two points or something ridiculous. And uh, lovingly, I stuck Devontae Foreman on my bench, so I missed out on all the points to the team, so that was horrific. Horrific to wake up to. So, yeah. Anyway, um, defensive coverage on our show sheet. It says defensive coverage, which made me laugh because... There wasn't really that much coverage. The highlight for the Falcons was a solitary sack. And that's about it. Uh, the Panthers fared slightly better, to be fair. They did get five sacks, four of which came in the fourth quarter, though. So it's when everybody was falling asleep. Um, they did get an interception, too. And part of the defense, um, for fantasy purposes, special teams. So it's good to know that they did block a kick. So that's extra points for those leagues that include that in their point system as well. There we go. So, right, let's move on to the injury report. Okay, so a quick recap of those night injuries. DJ Moore was on the sidelines for a few drives, but did return later on. Um, that was the major talking point for offensive injuries. We did have Giovanni Ritchie, who suffered a neck injury and stayed out of the game as well. And then Panthers cornerback Donta Jackson, he injured his Achilles during the game and didn't return. Um, Thankfully, nothing but the weather ruined this game. (laughs) Good. All right, then we'll start with the quarterbacks then this week. Uh, Some big names to kind of be looking out for. Josh Allen, obviously, we've been hearing all week is about his elbow. Uh, He's throwing one as well. So he's not been practicing all week. Uh, Still goes day to day. Just, we're just waiting for what they're going to do with him, really. Case Keenum's is potentially going to be his backup. So, all the offensive players that kind of go along with that could end up being affected. Um, Matt Stafford, he was thrown onto the concussion protocol randomly. I didn't see that in the game, but he 
that entered up this week. He's not been practicing all week. Uh, word has it there could be a bigger underlying concern as well, but for now we just have to wait and see. Uh, John Walford is there back, back, back up there. So again, I mean, to be fair, none of the other wide receivers are doing anything at the moment, but for my boy Cup, that's again something to look out for. And Kyler Murray, hamstring, his game is all about running. Uh, I mean, he passes a little bit too, but it, his hamstring is doing some dirty on him. So he did not practice Wednesday, limited on Thursday. So again, look out for the Friday report for him. Cole McCoy potentially is the backup coming in there. And to finish off the quarterbacks, just in case Colts do anything funny, Matt Ryan did get a full practice in on Thursday. So uh, who knows what they're doing or what they'll be doing this week. But it might be fun to see him off the bench this week. Absolutely. And uh, before I start with running backs, as a Vikings fan, I remember very vividly the connection Case Keenum had with uh, Stefan Diggs. And you can ask any New Orleans fan about that as well. So I, d- I don't know what would be worse. Josh Allen just absolutely smoking us or <laughs> them two doing what they did against New Orleans. Yeah, but anyway, running backs... <laughs> Dion Jackson of Indianapolis carrying a knee injury. He didn't participate Wednesday or Thursday, but his backup, Jonathan Taylor, was limited on Wednesday, but he did log a full one on Thursday. So the tables are turning back around. I'd expect JT to go on Sunday. Damian Pierce, chest and shoulder. So he was limited Wednesday and Thursday. He's had a great start to his rookie campaign, and most of the Texans' um, offense runs through him now. DeAndre Swift, again, on the injury report this week. He's been limited all week. And they've got a nice matchup as well. I think he played 10 snaps last week. So I don't know what you want to do with him. It's a funny one. Wait and see what Friday brings, I suppose. Aaron Jones, ankle. So I believe he he missed the rest of the game last week. I, I didn't see too much of it. But he's been limited all week as well. So a potential uptick for AJ Dillon there. Mm. Yeah, Jones was. Um, I think he left the game in a, in, a, in a boot as well. So to see him actually practicing at all is probably a good sign. If we look at the other players in Green Bay as well, some other players went out injured um, in that game. Romeo Dubs, high ankle sprain. He's now looking like he could be out for several weeks. Christian Watson has cleared the concussion protocol after leaving that game as well, but now he has a chest injury. So that's another of their the rookies out as well. Uh, and then we've got Alan Lazard, limited Wednesday, Thursday. Sammy Watkins was limited Thursday after not practicing Wednesday. So, you know, they're, they're quickly running out of players to pass to here. So um, you need to make, keep an eye on Samori Torre. Samori Torre could have been a slight flex of the week, but we'll talk about who I uh, cover later on, Lewis, shall we? Yeah. Um, and then Rondale Moore uh, for the Cardinals. He was limited on Wednesday with a hand injury. So hopefully we get to see him in the game too. Um, Keenan Allen, the hamstring saga continues. He is day-to-day at the moment. He didn't practice Wednesday. So we know that Mike Williams is out for a while. Justin Herbert really needs Keenan Allen to come back to get this offense rolling. Yeah, big time. It kind of all fell apart without... Uh, well, I should say it fell apart, but the... Herbert is playing out of his skin to try and get his wide receivers going, but if he doesn't have top-notch wide receivers, then it's going to be hard to to keep that offense going. So anyway, tight end David Njoku, uh, his ankle he did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Likely, he won't be returning this week. Just again, 
keep an eye on the Friday report. Evan Ingram is back, was playing up his day-to-day. He had limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday. They'll probably just be shielding him for this week. He probably should be a go, but again, just keep an eye on that one. Cameron Brake, uh, he had a neck injury, but he has had a full practice this week, so he should be good to go. And you've seen, or you should have seen, Waller. Uh, he has gone to the four-game IR. So you will be missing him for four games, and we'll see what happens after that with his hamstrings. Coming from someone very invested in Waller this year, it, this should have happened a while ago, I think, instead of trying to get him back. Them hamstring injuries are dodgy anyway. We've seen it with Keenan Allen all year, really. And, uh, yeah. Funnily enough, I think it's Storm who's put on there again. Why didn't Allen go on IR? I don't know what the Chargers have been doing with him this and they brought him. They brought him back as well to just pull it again, didn't they? So, I think he had a couple of setbacks. One around week five, and then he obviously played a few snaps or on a snap count in um, week seven before the bye. And then the rumor was he had another setback in week eight. So he, he, even though he's missed more than four weeks, he has tried to come back. Yeah. Um, in the middle of it, so it's a funny one, isn't it? I suppose all those uh, old folk with hamstring injuries, which I definitely have. Um, uh, yeah, you're, there's no no way of coming back that that quickly. So definitely want to. You also have to remember as well that the Raiders have also put um, Hunter Renfro yeah. on IR as well with a different injury. So that's another offensive player that the, the Raiders have lost too. Um, speaking of weak points, weak hamstrings. Let's move on to weak points. So a quick reminder of the teams that are on the bye this week. We've got the Ravens, we've got the Bengals, we've got the Patriots, and we've got the Jets. They are all out of action this week. Let's see if any of them turn up on our weak points list. So the weakest against quarterbacks is the Miami Dolphins. Now, I believe this is the first for them this season, being a top of the tree. But they're facing the Browns, and it's still a Jacoby Brissett-led Browns. So... I can see the Browns throwing the ball a lot this week um, as the Dolphins look legit, so they could be behind a, a lot. Second is the Raiders, 22.5 points, only 0.2 behind the Dolphins. They face the Colts, as Pitsy touched on earlier. Um, could it be Matt Ryan coming off the bench? Ellinger, Foles is there as well. I mean, toss a Who coin knows what's if going you've on got a three-sided on. coin. <laughs> Nobody knows, yeah. I don't even think the new head coach knows yet. But anyway, third is the Lions. 21.6 points giving up against the quarterback. They face the Bears. Now, Justin Fields, he is on a hot streak. He was the overall QB one last week. He's been top 12 the last five weeks, and it just looks like he's going to keep on rolling this week. hope so, because in one of my... Not that everybody needs to know, but one of my dynasty leagues, I've got Lamar Jackson on the bye, so I'm hoping that Fields steps in and... And does it quite nicely for me. Not that Rob wants that to happen, but what shall say? Uh, right, weakest against running backs. Texans top the list. They average 30.9 points against them. Uh, this week they go up against the Giants and Saquon Barkley. So that is a nice, tasty little treat for Barkley. Um, Chargers on second in this list, 27.7 points average against them, and they go up against the Niners. So another lovely treat for CMC to have a nice little field, field day. Um, and third on the list, Panthers, 25.7. Turns out it doesn't really matter this week, as we've seen them already play. Um, but both Patterson and 
Algier couldn't actually take advantage of this matchup. So it was interesting to see that they came third on the list, but um, the Falcons just couldn't do anything against it. This week could feel like a bit of a throwback if Barkley and CMC both go oh. off, like taking us back to a 2019 sort nice. of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- I think because the weather was so bad, it was just really easy to counter the game. I think I think counter the run game because that's all you've got to worry about. So um, yeah, when it when it came to the game, I think the Panthers had more ideas. Um, so weakest against the wide receivers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still floating around this list up here, and they are up against the Saints. So the good news for the Steelers is the Saints have lost a lot of their wide receivers and are now running mainly on the backups. So Chris Olave is about the only guy in New Orleans left. So he's got a bit of t- sneaky touchdown upside around the the others there. But if the coverage is mainly on Alave, I think they're going to be going to him quite a bit. Um, and then the Falcons, they were on the second point in the list, 37.4 points. They were up against the Panthers last night. No real relevant Panthers apart from LaVisca Chenault getting that wonderful touchdown. Um, yeah, 48 carries. That's that's all you can really say about that game. And then the Titans, they are 33.4 fantasy points conceded to wide receivers. Third on the list. They are playing the Broncos. Sutton, Cotton Sutton, he's been pretty much in a non-factor in the last few weeks. You've just watched his targets go down, his yards go down. The main focus has been here on, on Jerry Judy and to a lesser extent, KJ Hamler as well. So I, I, I'm fancying both those to do something in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Judy for this week. But weakest against tight end, no shock. It's been like it for the whole year one or the other Seahawks first 17.6 points against they face the Bucks now K dot and the rookie he's come into his own um in Tampa he seems to be the guy going forward five plus targets in all but two games since week four when he came in um we obviously know Cameron Brake could play this week he's back from his injury but Otten scored his first touchdown last week as well so look out for him Cardinal second this is where the no surprises with these two. 16.4 points. Now, they face the Rams. Tyler Higby is a strange one because he started the season with an insane amount of targets. But last week, he only had one. And the week before their bye, he only had two. So, is it dropping? Are they getting Alan Robinson more involved? I know Skoronics had a little float somewhere, but Higby's the tight end there for that matchup. And inferred quite a way off is the Lions, 12.8 points. They face the Bears, obviously. Cole Komet um, with Justin Fields last week. He had two touchdowns on that massive week. Um, he had one the week before as well, but he ended up as a tight end two last week overall. He was severely touchdown dependent, Komet, and he hadn't really scored any touchdowns. So you could have binned him in your redraft leagues and things like that. But he had six targets last week. So I'm I'm intrigued currently by Komet for sure. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that one. Like you say, like everyone was beating them up and then, yeah, probably, like you say, just pinned them off with how the Bears were. But Sweet. Right, let's move on to the final thing. It's Flex of the Week. Nice. Uh, just before I get to mine, I actually have had a player update on Dion Jackson. He is now out. So there you go, some live Fast action Friday for you. Anyway, um, my pick, I am going to go for a deeper league pick again. The Colts have been in the news recently with all their shenanigans, but they still need to play some football. And even though it looks like the professional tank job, they still have some players that might get some points. So this week, I'm going for another one of my old school picks and choosing Paris Campbell. Uh, the Cubs 
Co-ops. The Colts go up against a very leaky Raiders D, and Campbell seems to have managed to stay healthy so far. Uh, I'm not saying that Ellinger's good enough to make Campbell a hero this week, but with Pittman being covered, Campbell is good enough to get open, and his quarterback has generally been, uh, with his quarterback, he's been generally the second target behind Pittman. So, like I say, it was a, a deeper, a deeper shot, but I, I like, I like Paris Campbell. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. So. I am going for Mac Hollins against Indianapolis. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, Hunter Renfro and Wallard, they were both sent to the IR this week. He's already played an insane amount of snaps week in, week out, all season, since the very first week. Um, he should see a very steady target increase as the clear number two now there behind Adams. The Colts are very good against wide receivers, though. But if they're just going to try and shut Adams out of the game, like last week, they um, I can't remember who the Raiders played, but... They let Adams run riot in the whole first half, 10 from 10. And then afterwards, when they covered him, they'd done a bit better. But it's a massive uptick for Hollins for me. So he's my flex of the week. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm. Yeah, I think we've we've seen with uh, Waller and Renfro out, Hollins has been uh, favoured. Like they have gone to him. It's not been like they've just avoided him. They have used him. Uh, I quite like Foss Moreau. In that game as well, you know he he's been a serviceable tight end with Waller out as well. Um, my flex of the week, I was like I said, I was going to go with Samori Torre uh, as the last Packer wide man standing, but another player's opportunities has interested me. I'm going to paint you a bit of a picture here. So, first week since his trade, this player has only played 35% of snaps, but in that very limited time, he's got six targets and one carry. Granted, he only received two, and he only caught two, but that you know. The, the, the foundation's there for something really good. This is a multi-purpose player. He's got an up-and-coming quarterback. He is guaranteed wide receiver two as a flaw in this team from now on, I, I believe. And I can only see his role and the chemistry with this offense increasing over time. Not only that, he has got a perfect matchup against a team that has shipped a lot of yards, a lot of points, and crucially, a lot of fancy points as well. This team are in the worst five teams against position 31 Put nine fancy points per week, listeners at home, and Storm on your videos. I give you Chase Claypool against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> give him a clap. That was awesome. Nicely set up. Nicely set up. <laughs> yeah, as a Steeler, I kind of I couldn't decide what what how I felt about Chase Claypool leaving. I think obviously background wise, there was obviously something going on. Um, as an actual wide receiver, he's he's got pretty good hands and he was always taking the the high balls i mean they they said he was gonna he should have been a tight end um coming in through draft so he's he's got that big frame and, and catchability so with uh, the way that everything's been going at bears it's it seems uh yeah i like this one good so with, with fields coming into his own lately like and doing what we justin fields things that we've seen you know in the past in ohio and that it's an interesting one with Claypool, isn't it? Because Mooney hasn't really done it. Komet's had a couple of splashes the last couple of weeks, but Fields needs that one person. The reason I think Claypool didn't transition to tight end when he joined the NFL, because he's got the build, he's got the size, is because he can't block very well. So with Komet there, this could absolutely throw Komet off a cliff for fantasy, even though he's getting all right now. Claypool starts picking up them targets and Komet's doing the blocking. He, Claypool could be all right, but I'm I'm 
being hesitant. I'm not telling you go and push all your chips in on Claypool. I'm just <laughs> like, I want to see it first. Yeah. Well, they both had six targets last week. So, um, you know, I think Komet got five or six of them. Claypool only got two. So, you know, if they can keep the same or maybe increase on both sides, I think that would pay out really well. Defences have got to get wise to fields running. And I think with the passing options are, are going to be the way that the Bears turn. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of cap space for next year. And no doubt they've got to add some skill position players with for fields. No doubt about it. But I, I I wouldn't be too upset as a Steelers fan, Pitsy, getting what you paid for Claypool back anyway. Yeah, no, it was a great great trade in the end, and we'll take the uh, well. I don't know how high it's going to be, but a nice a nice second round pick there. And it, it was strange because we I yeah. expected them to throw out one of the extra seconds that they've got, but they actually gave us there. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's it's probably a top fifty pick and. Well, you've got George Pickens there, haven't you? Now he's outstanding. So, Mate. yeah, yeah. No, I'm waiting for him to just explode now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is about that for week ten. We're in week ten. We are nearly at the fantasy football playoffs now. But see you next week for week eleven. And as always, keep rushing. can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.